didn't want to get any innocent commuters hurt here. We got ourselves a very sticky situation. This girl's relying on us to rescue her safely. If I let this guy out of my sights, there's a very good possibility that we will never see her alive again. Obviously, you always want to keep vehicular intercourse down to a minimum at all times. We don't want this guy going spinning out and hitting a busload of nuns or you don't get this every day, huh? Listen, uh, what's the thing you like best about being cops? Uh, for me, it's the respect and power that the position commands. I mean, I feel like a combination of Bruce Springsteen and Sylvester Stallone out there. I don't know whether I'd be busting bad guys or signing autographs. I'm kind of like being a star. Okay, well, welcome to take two of Second Chance Cinema. We just did a whole, pretty much like half of a show, uh, and I forgot to push record. So that's on me. Well, I guess we should start with, you should probably subscribe to our show because we take breaks, long breaks between recording our episodes, and that makes us a little bit rusty coming back, and will probably make you rusty listening. Hopefully not as long breaks now that we've got some life stuff more in the groove, but yeah, we just legitimately probably, well, we didn't record, but we spoke for about 20 minutes back and forth, and I had (laughs) forgotten to push record. The whole time. And it was really good, too. Speaking of life stuff, I think we're proof positive that podcasting gets you chicks. Is it? You, Does it? Congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Congratulations on your marriage. There you go. But and she, you you guys were engaged before we started podcasting. Yeah, but she could have always pulled out. And I then guess she was that's like, true. I know you got that podcast that you're, that you're rocking with MC. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, she wanted you to go be free with me and mm-hmm. do your podcast. <laughs> this is Second Chance Cinema. I'm MC. I am Spro. And what we do on this show is we take a look at movies that we find particularly entertaining that didn't quite get the respect they deserved, either in the theater or from the critics, and kind of either went under the radar or inherited some negativity for no good reason, because when we watched them again, we realized, wow, hey, that wasn't that bad. This first one, I'm trying to remember what we said the first 20 minutes, because it, it was good. <laughs> oh, you said this came out in 1994, yes. so I was 13 and you were 12, mm-hmm. and this was the first, pretty sure this was the first movie I saw starring this particular leading man, and if it wasn't this one, it was Hot Shots, which should give you a clue as to the leading man I'm talking about. You mentioned an interesting trivia fact as well. Which was? I thought my first movie that I saw with him in it was Major League. And then also he appeared in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The trivia fact I mentioned was this, the main plot of this film, three months later after this movie came out, it was the most famous car chase, I would say, the most famous car chase of all time. Probably. That would be OJ in his Bronco in LA trying to escape authorities, which... I can't think of a more famous car chase that wasn't in a movie. The movie is The Chase that we're talking about today. Uh-huh. While we do the trailer, okay, you can write another haiku. I'm going to use the same haiku. Okay. I, I think this is a good one. It just <laughs> took me a while. All right. So here's the trailer, and we'll be back with MC's haiku. The magical art of haiku dates back to the Japanese samurai warriors uh, when they would battle each other not with swords but with poetry. It refers to the construction of a poem that is three lines long, First line is five syllables, the second is seven, the third is five again, and the poem is meant to convey some sort of philosophical 
impression. I've made that last part up. Did you? Make, but the first part is true. Oh yeah, the Japanese samurai. Oh no, that's not true at all. Oh okay, I was yeah, gonna no, like I, there I, was like haiku riffoffs. No 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 no. That's a modern development. Uh, haiku <laughs> battles. That's that only happens on the streets and in underground clubs. So oh, okay. Let's listen to the trailer, and I'll take a deep breath because I already wrote the haiku. <laughs> so let's listen to the trailer. All units, code 503, stolen vehicle, 89, Volkswagen Rabbit, white. Come here. Go, 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 go. Grab their guns. Do it now. Kick them over to me. I said to kick them over to me, Pele. My name is Jack, and you are. Natalie. Millionaire Dalton Foss's daughter is being held hostage by this man. You down to Mexico much? No, why? Because that's where we're headed. This is Chief Boyle. Get after that BMW. Domino's Pizza! You hurt my little girl, Hammond, I swear to God, I'll kill you myself! Why me? I go in for some cigarettes, and I wind up kidnapping the daughter of Dalton Voss. What are the odds? Oh! Did you see that? That medical school truck is spilling out cadavers! Now that's disgusting. So you're gonna tell me why you're on the run? I was convicted of a crime I did not commit. Time to stop those little yuppie punks, Dale! Time to be heroes! Tonight, there's terror on the freeway. Really scared. Can you, can you see the look on their faces? Hey, hey, look at that. You're a folk hero already. This is ridiculous. This is Frank Smith. I don't believe this. Miss Boss! It's easy for us reporting this story to forget there's a very scared little girl inside that car. Do you have a girlfriend? No, I don't have a girlfriend. What kind of nut is this? You haven't been with a woman in a couple years. Things can get really messy now. So it's conceivable that you'd never be with a woman ever again, right? Right. What the hell is he swerving all over for? What are you doing? Falling in love with you. It's hard to tell just how far he's going to go with this, Bill. The chase. Getting there is twice the fun. (laughs) Okay. So, here's the haiku. Sex scene in the car. Positions impossible. Pull over, pull out. Which I thought was pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember the ones I wrote for the other movies, but positions impossible. I feel like there's a there's a lyrical quality to that. I don't, you, with Saving Silverman, I always remember the coming in yeah ha. Oh yeah, and that was that was on point. That's five syllables, I think. Yeah, that's um, how you ended it. Mm-hmm. So the sex scene in the car. Yeah, that's what we talked about first. <laughs> to describe the scene, this is about I would say three fourths into the movie, and Charlie Sheen is driving a. 1993 BMW. Was it a convertible? No. No. So it was just a hard top BMW like coupe. Or Tan sedan. interior. If we're gonna paint the scene, something like that. And Christy Swanson takes off both of their seatbelts, and then she climbs on top of his lap as he is driving, and they have a sex scene in the middle of this high speed chase. So that's what MC was referring to with positions impossible because there's no way that could possibly work, especially with how they did it. I think when I first saw this movie, I was taken aback by the 
ease with which they maneuvered themselves into this position. <laughs> you mentioned previously that you thought that it was very tastefully done. I think it was. I mean, you brought up the fact that there was a sunset. There was. It's a beautiful, nice, titanic-looking sunset out the driver's side window because it's a side shot. But it's also, there's no nudity. There's no graphic, you know, frottaging going on between the two characters. Excuse me? Frottaging. Is that a word? Yeah, it's the technical term for dry humping. I've never heard that. Right? Frottaging. Frottaging. Wow. So there was no graphic frottaging between the two characters. They were just... 12-year-old me probably did not even realize that they were having sex. You got a little glimpse of Christy Swanson's bra, which I was probably like, <laughs> oh. Oh, giggity, 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 goo. Very excited about. Mm-hmm. But in the same instance, they literally could just be sitting there making out. And what we discussed before was that as they're sort of getting into this position of, what did I call it? Automotive sexual congress, mm-hmm. I think. He's swerving all over the road and such. And then they basically get to a position where he's driving. He's not contorted in any way. She kind of straddles him and sits directly in front of his field of vision. (laughs) And he drives perfectly for about 45 seconds without even so much. And they're making out. So he's not even so much as like looking around her or looking, you know, out the rearview mirror or anything like that. Right. Now that I think about it, given the number of Fast and Furious movies that exist, I don't think it's that big of a sin as I did when we first did not record this episode. Well, and I think, you know, when you're thinking about it, you're thinking about yourself and you're going down I-90 or something like that and there's traffic. There was no traffic on the road because the cops cleared it. Oh, they cleared it all off. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So as long as it's a straightaway, which they were in the western states going Mm -hmm. right down to Mexico, usually those highways just cut through desert so Mm -hmm. you don't have to go around many mountains. So, and we we addressed the fact that she got all hot for him when he told off her father on Mm -hmm. the speakerphone, the car phone. And her father was the, what do they call him? The Donald Trump of California? Yep. So he's like a rich, pompous, real estate douchebag who... She's got daddy issues and she's a spoiled brat and she reveals that she doesn't like the way he treats her because he doesn't like let her do anything on her own. He does, he's always throws money at problems to solve them. She doesn't like her stepmom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the actor, he plays Dalton Voss. His name is Ray Wise. He always plays that character. What else has he been in? Uh, I feel like I know that name. Rising Sun was with uh, Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes was the number one thing. He was in, apparently, Jeepers Creepers too. <laughs> oh, was he the farmer? Yes. Oh, that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was the farmer that kills the creeper, He's I think. the voice of Commissioner Gordon in Batman the Killing Joke. Which was really good, but I couldn't tell you what Commissioner Gordon sounded like. Yeah. He plays a lot of, like, TV show villains, but he always plays this character. Okay. Of just... Donald Trumpian thing. And not to get ahead of ourselves, but there's a good review. Okay. <laughs> a good one-star review on IMDb. Go ahead. Which shows that we have not moved at all in 19 years politically. Okay. Because <laughs> it's about Ray Wise's character, Dalton Voss, the Donald Trump of California. And the review is three sentences. It goes, way to go, Hollywood. Yet another idiotic movie with an evil white male conservative Republican as the heavy. Memo to showbiz, some people are actually smart enough to see through your politically correct hypocrisy. Dullards will love the action. When was that written? Does it say the date? March 2nd, 1999. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that long ago? Right. (laughs) Man. Yeah, we haven't moved very far. That was the Clinton presidency. Yeah. 
So I don't get it. So that person says that casting that type of a character is what irresponsible or like that they made a Republican a bad guy. Oh, so, so that oh, so that person is a Republican mm-hmm. lashing out at at being liberal Hollywood. I see. Got it. <laughs> Which I guess I was young. I didn't realize that that was going on. <laughs> I mean, was there really like a bad guy in the movie though? There wasn't. I don't think so. He was probably the closest thing, but even he wasn't like a bad guy. I think I always, because you want Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson to get away. Mm -hmm. So when I was watching it as a 12-year-old, Henry Rollins Mm -hmm. and Dennis Nedry Light, whoever that actor was. Good call. Were the bad guys, because they wanted to stop him. Shoot, what was his name? I will give you $5 right now if you know that guy, that actor's name. The other cop in the car? Michael Shane? No. Oh. (laughs) Josh Mostel. Character name is Officer Figgis. I thought he was Professor Keenbean from Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, he isn't Billy Madison as the principal. Matt oh, Anderson. that guy, that guy, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the revolting blob. Yep. <laughs> so back to that. So Henry Rollins and Dennis Nedry Light play cops, and the gimmick was that they have a film crew filming them like a reality TV show while this is all going on. Shit! This is bad. This is really bad. Oh, I can't say the S word on TV, can I? It's cool. We can... All right, why is this so bad? Taking the chase on the freeway heightens the stakes. Complicates things greatly for us. This guy's really pissing me off. So they've got the two cops in the front seat and the, like, douchey producer director with his cameraman, <laughs> right, in the yeah. back. He's got red glasses on. Red gla- red chewing tinted gum. glasses, chewing gum, like typical, like, Hollywood doucher they film the action which was kind of cool actually they film the action and every once in a while you'll get like pov shots mm-hmm. of like when the cadavers are spilling out of the right the morgue truck yeah it was the medical transport medical transport truck. and all these cadavers start like flying out which actually they did again in bad boys too true right? true statement yeah so i i always thought that was kind of cool in bad boys too not realizing that it definitely came first in the chase the movie begins charlie sheen steals a car parks it at a gas station because he needs five dollars in gas a candy bar and cigarettes mainly the cigarettes is what he wants because back in 1994 it was still cool to smoke Mm -hmm. how much was gas did you notice that at all i didn't i noticed there was a a sign for gatorade on the door that was a dollar 19 and i was like that's that's reasonable yeah that hasn't really changed much the only movie gas i remember is in die hard when carl winslow goes out of the gas station to look at nakatomi towers like on the horizon and see if it's suspicious Mm. which i don't know what he was gonna find out from that far away but whatever and he stands right in front of a gas sign and this was in 1988 was die hard right i think so yeah 1988 gas was 88 cents a gallon (laughs) and that was just depressing when i not to get way off track but when i turned 16 the gas was under a dollar yeah 98 I believe it. I don't know why it was, because it shot up right after that. I but I got it. I got a good taste of that. So he stops at the gas station, and call comes over the cops' walkie-talkie that they're looking for a gray rabbit, and that's what Charlie Sheen is driving. And so he knocks the change out of the guy's hand, and then grabs Christy Swanson and sticks a butterfinger in her spine, mm-hmm. and pretends like he's going to shoot mm-hmm. her. And then that's how she he kidnaps her. Right. It's kind of like a downward spiral of bad luck. Because the guy he was looking for, the guy that they were actually looking for, wasn't it like a mistaken identity thing? Like there was another... He escaped prison. 
Right. Because he was wrongfully convicted of a crime. Oh, that's right. And then... Something to do with a clown suit, right? Yeah. yeah. He was like... He dressed up as a clown for a party, and then another clown was robbing people, and so... And they found the clown suit, like, in his mm. house, and yeah, they thought it was him. Yep. Yep. DNA would have exonerated him, but they collected it inappropriately, or whatever, mishandled the evidence, so they couldn't put that DNA into... Wasn't there a whole, like, subplot with his lawyer, where he's, like, on the phone with his lawyer in the car, and his lawyer's, like, rooting him on... Yeah. And, and, like, by the end, his lawyer's, like, watching on TV, cheering for him and stuff like that. Yeah, his lawyer said he was, like, the greatest guy he's ever met. That's pretty cool. Um, which probably also helped Christy Swanson to unbuckle her seatbelt. Here's the other thing. There's a part in the beginning, well, the beginning-ish, where she tries to escape by burning him with the lighter. <laughs> Now, I remember turning on this movie halfway through after that had happened, and he has a burn mark on his neck for the rest of the movie after Mm -hmm. that happens. And I had no idea what it was. I thought it was like a tattoo or like a birthmark or something like that. Like the daredevil villain? It always looked oh, like bullseye? a bullseye. Yeah, it always oh, looked like a bullseye. Yeah, it kind. Of, well, that's the other thing. That's that's what I was going to mention is that it was so perfectly round, and there were two layers to it. There was like an outer circle, and then there was an inner solid circle mm-hmm. from the cigarette lighter that she touched to his neck for like barely a second, and it created this perfect burn. And for some reason, I will always remember the image of that burn <laughs> on his neck being just so like perfectly circular. I bet somebody loves this movie and got that as a tattoo. It's not a bad idea. Also not a bad idea getting tattooed Nicole forever on your <laughs> stomach like Mark Wahlberg from Fear. Fear. Nice. Nice reference. I thought that would be a good t-shirt to make, like a flesh-colored t-shirt, but with Nicole forever right on that spot. That is a good shirt. Right? <laughs> Although I did have a friend who I convinced to go as him for Halloween one year, and he got a lot of compliments on the costume, so... I feel it's iconic. Uh-huh. For our generation anyway, yeah. Yeah. He could bring two tickets to a roller coaster, too. That would just up the nostalgia quote. That scene creeped me out. Not to start talking about it, but that scene in Fear creeped me out for whatever reason. It didn't seem like... There was a lot in Fear that, that was weird It seemed like date rape. Like roller coaster date rape. Well, it was, essentially. But then we learned Mark Wahlberg's the bad guy, so... It's not unexpected. Also, Alyssa Milano in that movie, super whore. <laughs> just just to get that out there. But anyway, back to the chase. Back to the chase. So their goal, or Charlie Sheen's goal, is to drive to Mexico, get across the border, and escape authorities. And there's this cool device at the end where I forget exactly when it kicks in, but it basically plays out as his fantasy, mm. but you're believing it's really happening. And I think this is the first time I've seen this in a movie. So, like, they get close to the border. They get stopped at the border. Yeah, he stops. He stops she wants at her the border. To, or, yeah, she wants him to barrel through the police blockade. But he wants her to be safe, mm-hmm. so he wants to let her out. So he stops at the border and, like, lights up a cigarette or something. and Which should be your clue that it's a fantasy, because she throws out the lighter at the beginning, and he oh, doesn't yeah. have a lighter. Oh, yeah. And he can't smoke the oh, whole yeah. movie. Well, how did he light it? It's his fantasy. Is that like the totem from Inception? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. He, he lights a cigarette and you're like, oh. Dun, dun. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, he lights a cigarette and then fantasy must have been when he steps out of the car and like reaches for a fake gun and then they just blow him away. Yeah, suicide right? by cop. Yeah. He steps out of the car and is it a fake gun he reaches for or he reaches for the candy bar or I don't remember. He grabs the candy bar. Okay. And they think it's a gun and mm. they just destroy him and then he kind of like shakes himself awake and he's like and then what happens is christy swanson turns rogue 
and takes the director hostage, right? Yeah. And she takes the douchey, the, the Hollywood, blast. yep, the Hollywood douche director. She takes him hostage, and which he thinks is great. He wants the cameraman to get a good shot of right. him being held hostage. And again, <laughs> just so full of the trope. She takes him hostage and negotiates like so that they can cross the border, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last scene is them like on a beach somewhere. Yep, a Mexican beach. Mm-hmm. The movie itself, I don't know that this was necessarily a movie that got a ton of bad press. I feel like it was just kind of a movie that like. Like people said, like what was that? What did that review say? Dullards will love the action, right? Like I feel like that kind of sums up the general reaction to the movie. Here's an idea: as I'm, you know, we're watching these movies, and I'm like, but why? Because I'm loving them, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as I pop this in, I forgot how just quickly this movie moves, because they put in so many characters. Like all of a sudden, you got. Yeah, let's not forget, I don't want to forget to mention the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right, I was just about to go there. Flea and Anthony Kiedis are like these two just bros that are driving a monster truck that happen to be on the highway while this is happening, and they decide to be heroes and try to swerve Charlie Sheen off the road. Right. And they end up wrecking and flipping over. And Probably it's like two days of filming. Pretty cool. All right, you just passed the flower bowl. They'll be coming up pretty soon. So just slow down a little, Dale. Pump, man. Pump! Stupid! Couldn't stop a snail on a salt bed. You see him yet? No, not yet. Will you see him? Tell me quick. I will. Now, when I give the order, you ram him hard into the guardrail, Dale. That'll stop him. I'm a home warrior. I know you are, Dale. I am. Time to snap those little jumpy pumps, Dale. Dude, are we going to be on TV? You know we are, dude. That's fine. You know we are. Uh, but yeah, Flea and Anthony Kiedis were... Yeah, Henry Rollins. Oh yeah, Henry Rollins. Flea and Anthony Kiedis were in a... Anthony Kiedis was in a bunch of movies, wasn't he? I know Flea was. Or Flea was in... Yeah, Flea... Maybe it's Flea I'm thinking of. Was in um, Son-in-Law. Son-in-Law. <laughs> Did we both say that at the same time? Yep. Son-in-Law Can't and uh, Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. Not Back to the Future 3. No, he would stick out like a sore Here's thumb something. in the Western. How well do you know Back to the Future? I'd probably not as well as you if you're asking the question. Okay. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, the first movie, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Marty goes over to his parents' house. Well, he lives there. So Marty goes back to his house <laughs> and his mom has a cake for their uncle Joey, who's supposed to be getting out of prison. Okay. And she's like, kids, Uncle Joey didn't get paroled again. So we're going to have to eat this by ourselves. Do they ever explain why Uncle Joey went to prison? I asked this of a friend who's very knowledgeable about the movie, and even he was like, huh, I don't think they ever do. No, I don't I don't recall. I didn't bother to look it up because I kind of want to assume that they don't. We'll just leave it an uh, open-ended question. Mm-hmm. And then the other question I had, which I guess is addressed in the book, the novelization version of Back to the Future, is how did Doc and Marty meet in the first place? And apparently it has to do something with Marty soliciting Doc to use his like high-tech amplifier for his guitar. Marty knowing that uh, Doc was a you- scientist. What he breaks at the beginning. Yeah, something like that. So, but Uncle Joey, because there's another reference to Uncle Joey in this has nothing to do with the chase. Where he meets Uncle Joey as a little baby, and he's in a playpen, and Marty says, you better get used to these bars, kid. Better get used to these bars, kid. They go to a length to insinuate that Uncle Joey's not a good guy, but I don't remember if they ever tell you what he did. Oh. It's a shame. Anyway, speaking of jail and cops and- I always thought Marty was like an intern. For Doc? Yeah, like an assistant. Oh, I never thought of that. But anyway- Did you watch Cobra Kai on YouTube? No, not yet. It has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, but it is so good. (laughs) 
YouTube Red, you can sign up for free for 30 days. And depending on how well you know The Karate Kid and the original trilogy, it's really good. We'll talk about that some other time. Okay. <laughs> Maybe when we review the next Karate Kid or something like that with Hilary Swank. Or Karate Kid 3, I think, is on the list because that one gets a bad rap. Back to the chase. So so we were discussing all the cameos. I feel like there's another cameo that, that we're not mentioning. There was Flea, there's Anthony Kiedis, there's Henry Rollins. Wasn't there somebody who was like a traffic reporter or something like that too? Yeah, but he wasn't anybody big. He's just one of those guys that you have seen. Like a utility guy? Mm-hmm. Like a that guy? Ron Jeremy is a cameraman. Really? Yep. Uh, Carrie Elways, Steve Horsegroove. Who is Carrie Elways? I don't know. I can't. He was probably a newscaster. Oh yeah, he was. You're right. Yeah, he was. Was Vanna White the other newscaster? No, no. It was just a woman with bleach blonde hair. And the reason why this movie moves so well is because they set up probably nine different storylines between the cops in the car the chief back in the office with Dalton Voss, mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson. Then you have Anthony Kiedis and Flea that show up for a hot like six minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just one thing after another. It's almost kind of like little skits one after another. This was, When did Speed came out the same year as this one, right? No, did it? 94, yeah. 94 was a hot year? So Speed, I feel like probably would have picked up the momentum of like the vehicular mayhem genre and kind of left this one because speed i mean speed obviously is a better movie and is awesome and so it probably overshadowed this one depending on whether or not they came out closely or whatever but well here's the other thing that i think that also killed the chase is when you satire or make fun of the press they kind of bury your movie which i feel like was similar with the movie that just came out with Hugh Jackman, Greatest Showman. Like, they make fun of a critic in that, and then none of the critics liked it. But That it had, movie was great. That movie was great. It was panned horribly by critics. They made fun of a critic in that movie? I don't remember that. Yeah, the guy that sits in the audience, and he's like, you should smile more, or whatever. Oh, like, and at the end, they win him over? Mm-hmm. Like Ratatouille? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, this movie, I think, was full-on satire when it was coming to the press and you know trying to get the best shot you had two cameramen dangling off the side of a van to try and get an interview right Right. it's not headlines but like taglines so like when they were doing like terror on the highway yeah i was thinking like that was all just kind of making fun of how the press try to sell these like hot sensational stories and if you go to la and you're watching a show but there's a high-speed chase on they change every single channel to the helicopters i went i was in la you lived in la yep I was in LA. We went to the, we went there for I guess to, oh we went to see the Browns play the Chargers. We were at a bar the night before, and there was a police chase live happening like while we were at the bar. So everybody in the bar was watching it on TV. And you're right, they totally do like sensationalize <laughs> and like turn it into as as like narrative as they can. Yeah. So that was kind of I don't know if that was ahead of its time or if that was just like indicative of its time, but they definitely nailed that part of it. Right. And that's why it's weird that three months later it was the O.J. Simpson. Bronco Chase, which I thought, you know, started the whole thing Mm -hmm. and eventually led to the Princess Diana Chase. And I don't think we really have learned our lesson from either of those. I remember specifically, I was in, it would have been sixth grade when the OJ Chase happened. And I remember specifically, maybe I'll bleep out his name, but (laughs) well, you talk to him, so you'll have to ask him if it's okay if we use his name. But I came into the cafeteria where we were all sitting for study hall and goes, he's innocent. And he was so like pissed off about it. And at the time I didn't really like, I mean, I was what, 13 years old. So I didn't, I didn't know much about like the racial implications of the OJ case and all that kind of stuff, but he was really pissed. 
And a lot of the other people too kind of got like then, or a lot of the other kids kind of got like mock pissed. Like <laughs> they sort of followed his lead. And then I remember after that, it was just, of course, it was like days and weeks and months and years of further coverage. And... Well, it was eighth grade that the verdict came out because we were able. Oh, was it eighth grade? Yeah, we okay, got. So it would have been eighth grade. Well, sixth grade is when probably the chase was because that trial lasted for. So it would have been eighth grade when the verdict came out. Yeah. Yep. And okay. so then we were able to get out of class and we were watching it in the Parkside Library. And when it was revealed not guilty, all the kids started cheering. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. Really? <laughs> yeah, we all cheered. And then the teachers yelled at us and took us back to the classroom. So it was like, you guys got to realize that two people are dead. And it was like, why don't you have us watch this? We have no idea what we're talking about. You guys are terrible. Well, how do we know? I don't know. It's a strange... I did not follow the trial in middle school. No, I didn't. I remember <laughs> Judge Ito. I thought he was interesting. I remember Kato Kalin. Kato Kalin. Because I always thought he was like Patrick Swayze. Mm, a little bit. I always thought my uncle looked like Patrick Swayze. A little bit. A little Kato Kalin? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess now. <laughs> the but, feathery uh, hair and everything. So the, the chase. Yeah, so let's... <laughs> we do that a lot. We kind of get off topic, but that's okay. Do you have some reviews pulled up over there? I can. All right, let's pull up some reviews. That first one you read was gold. Yeah, what kind of idiots like PC Drek like this? Even worse than Battlefield Earth. Oh, I've oh, never yeah. seen it. Have you seen Battlefield Earth? Part of it, yeah. Not all of it, but enough to know that it's 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 pretty bad. This movie is even more insulting than heavy doses of primetime reality television. It was painful. So 1994, reality TV would have just been like getting started. Well, this is 2003. This guy is reviewing it. Oh, okay. A bad movie that knows it's a bad movie is at least acknowledging its stinkiness. And for that, you had to give most stinkers a little respect. But this movie made absolutely no attempt to admit to itself just how unbelievably bad it was that was one sentence hmm. i think that there's there's probably a bit of parody in the character of the director mm-hmm. you know that's probably like not a shot but like a critique on bits and pieces of the entertainment industry and fyi the director adam rifkin uh-huh. accessible on twitter because oh, i yeah? tweeted adam that we were going to do the show and he retweeted us oh sweet <laughs> friend so, of the show i guess i will friend say of the show adam him rifkin and, him and harry renard <laughs> <laughs> Him and Harry Renard. Oh my gosh, this other guy said, This movie is torture. It goes down there with films like Battlefield Earth, Johnny Mnemonic, I Spy. Johnny Mnemonic wasn't bad. I don't think so. It was a sign of the times. Do you remember? Do you know what I remember about Johnny Mnemonic? That it had a orange VHS cassette. Hmm. It wasn't black like the other ones. It was or- bright, fluorescent orange. Ultimately, they get to Mexico and live he- happily ever after, right? It's a feel-good movie. Like, from beginning to end, this is a feel-good movie. There's no slow periods. It's never sad and dramatic, even when they're having heart-to-hearts. Like it's What I love about this movie and what I love about movies in the 90s mm-hmm. with their lack of CGI mm-hmm. is even when Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson are just having a moment in the front seat, out the rear view you see cop cars swerving. Like the whole entire shoot of this movie. Practical. Practical. And Uh they had four cop cars just following them instead of shooting on a green screen where they would just, you know, have whatever behind them. That's cool. And it's a sign in the 90s because everybody's wearing oversized clothes. and. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) All right. So The Chase, ultimately, how many stars does it have on IMDb? Six. 6.1. So it got a low D, D minus. But I think it's better than that. Oh, wait, no, 5.8. Oh, so that's an F. F plus. 15,000 reviews. F plus. Bummer. But I think it's better than that. Definitely worth a rewatch, especially considering the rise and fall of Charlie Sheen. Because, like, where is he now? What is he doing now? What is... what is Winning. But Right. <laughs> what is the location of Charlie Sheen right now? Charlie he, Sheen. He's not on Two and a Half Men anymore. No. That show's even still on. It's not. 
He's not done any movies. He did in 2017. He did a movie called Mad Families. Never heard of that. Another one called 9-11. Never heard of that. You forgot in 9-11? No, I've heard of the event, but I've never heard of the film. He was front and center. It's with Charlie Sheen, top billing, Whoopi Goldberg. What? Gina Gershon. What? Luis Guzman. And then he did a TV show called Typical Rick, which I think I heard of. I've never heard of that either. Christy Swanson is another one that everybody should revisit because she only had probably two, three good movies, which got her on Dancing with the Stars nowadays. So she did Dancing with the Stars. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Slayer. Yep. Oh, she was in The Program, which is another one we have to talk about on the show. Oh, I'm free. Okay. now Because she had brown that, hair in The Program. Right. So she, you don't, don't recognize it. So I'm also going to throw she out wore a Higher of, Learning. Oh, yeah. Higher Learning. <laughs> I was going to say in The Program, she wore... Was that her in The Program? Yeah, that was her. She wore a bunch of shoulder padded blazers in The Program. <laughs> I remember that. And then Higher Learning. I which loved is her. such a great but silly movie. Uh, she gets raped in that one. Oh, she was Dude, Where's My Car? Never mind. Oh, yeah, She that's had a right. good career in the 90s. Okay, yeah. Hot Shots. She was awesome. Oh, yeah, she was in Hot Shots. So I was they... thinking Ferris... Oh, Mannequin. When did on Hot the Shots move? come out? Hot Shots came out in 91. Oh, so they reunited in The Chase. They have starred in three movies together. Well, not starred in three movies, but they've been in three movies together. They did Hot Shots, The Chase, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because she was the one that sits in the classroom and goes... My friend at the ice cream shop with my cousin and oh, da da yeah. Here. Adamowski. Adamson. Here. Adler. Here. Anderson. Anderson. Here. Bueller. 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 Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Thank you, Simone. No problem whatsoever. Said that she saw Ferris Bueller. That would have been a good trivia question to ask me, but you gave it away. I did. It's okay. Well, what year was Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I don't know, 89? 86. 86, wow. She was also in Pretty in Pink, so she had quite the career. When she was on Dancing with the Stars, I was like, does anybody... What's another movie? That they were in together? And you, I'm sure I've seen this over five times, at least. That they were in together? No, not uh, Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson, but another movie with Christy Swanson, which I think was on repeat when we went to college together. The boy was played by twins, and they got their own Disney show together. Oh, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. She was Vanessa. That's right. Dating the old man with the old... Old the old balls. balls. <laughs> he had a five-year plan. Yep. <laughs> Don't die. All right. Well, we've devolved into talking about old man balls, so I think this is probably time to wrap it up. But uh, Where would you put it on the ranking? So it goes Congo, Boiler Room, Jurassic Park 3, The Village, Street Fighter. No, I wouldn't put it in the top five. Although, that said, I if I could maybe bump Jurassic Park 3, because I will say that has gotten more ridiculous the more I've watched it, especially having seen the most recent Jurassic World movie, mm-hmm. which is just all kinds of ridiculous. You talk the science in that is legit. Did you see it? I did. Here's the movie I want to see. There's a scene at the end where all the dinosaurs are let free mm-hmm. in America, in California, I think. The little girl pushes the button and opens the master paddock and they all escape like into the woods. And then there's shots showing them like where they end up. And there's a shot of a T-Rex standing on one side of a gorge, mm-hmm. roaring across the other side of a gorge where there's a male lion who roars back. I want to see the spin-off movie about the adventures of the T-Rex and the lion. <laughs> 
That's what I want to see. Like Milo and Otis, but <laughs> but with the T-Rex and the lion. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see. Eventually, the next movie is just basically going to be, do you remember Dino Riders? Yeah. The next movie is just going to be Dino Riders. I don't I don't understand where they're taking my it's beloved just Jurassic be, Park. It's going to be guys riding dinosaurs mounted with guns. Chris Pratt on Pro, the back of Blue. I mean, he's signed on for like 18 more movies, so sure. <sighs> Bump Jurassic Park 3, I would keep the village and I would keep... I, I would keep Street Fighter, obviously. Um, and I would keep Congo and Boiler Room where they are. Here's the weird thing when it comes to the chase and our ranking system is mm-hmm. I'm more confident to recommend the chase to like everybody than like if I'm thinking pitch out my cousin Shyla probably would not appreciate something like Jurassic Park 3 as much as the chase you know so I'm kind of like with you on that where it's kind of like I would remove Jurassic Park 3 and throw in the chase at number 3 okay all that said I think that our inclusion on the list and our overall review when we didn't go off on mad tangent suggests that as we like to say on the show the chase for what it was and what it wasn't in the end wasn't, wasn't that, that bad and with that we will leave you and we're going to record another episode right after this so stay tuned for that one we'll try to stay on topic <laughs> but for now we are out so thank you for listening this has been second chance cinema make sure you subscribe wrote this song, it's not too short, it's not too long, it's got backup vocals in just the right places, it's got a few losing on, and it takes a little pause, just before I sing the airplane. Hey guys, The Chase was produced and distributed by 20th Century Fox. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is from the soundtrack and is NFX's song, Please Play This Song, on the radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at secondchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MC and Spro, or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema to help our little show out please tell your friends about us leave a review wherever you listen and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible and isn't that really the whole point now go on and have a beautiful day you wonderful person you and if you find yourself on the highway with the person you love wanting a little afternoon delight please be safe pull over put the car in park and then remove your seatbelts. Enjoy your day. Right about this time, some shithead will be drawing a fat fucking line over the title on the back sleeve. What an asshole! So, Mr. DJ, I hope you already made your segue, or the FCC is gonna take a shit right on your head. You can't play this song.